Greg, Maya, and Betty are not experts, nor do they claim to be. They're just a bunch of nerds who enjoy talking about movies, shows, and current events. So sit back, grab a coffee, relax, and enjoy a brand new episode of All Queued Up. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of All Queued Up, the review podcast tied to streaming services like Netflix, Amazon Prime, HBO Max, Disney Plus, etc, etc, etc. I'm your host Greg Dietz, and with me always is Maya Don Fisher and Betty Badger. How are you two doing today? I'm doing fabulous. I have a beautiful manicure. My house is clean, and later today I'm going to be making some cranberry sauce. How are you, Maya? Uh... I'm good. I'm good. I don't have the manicure. I I need to do that actually. Um, but feeling good. You know, a little uh, little bummed about you know it being Thanksgiving and everything, and not going to do anything for the holiday. Uh, you know, as of time of time of recording, Thanksgiving is tomorrow. And we have no plans because what plans we did have were derailed by sickness. Morons so, not wearing masks and, you know, spreading the virus still? Yeah, no, I got you. Well, part part of it, yeah. But, uh, you know, the we were going to do Thanksgiving with uh, my sister-in-law and her family, but my niece came down with a virus, not COVID. She tested negative, thankfully, That's good. but she does have a virus and we're just not going to risk. Yeah. Cause any, she's, she does feel sickness. better, but she's probably still shedding. So yeah. 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 But, uh, and then my actual eight year old nephew, my sister's oldest son did test positive for COVID. So yeah. That's unfortunate. That and he's asymptomatic and has no symptoms and he's mad and he's like, why can't I go outside? Why can't I play? Why can't I play with my brother? Why do I have to stay in my room? I'm not It's sick. hard. It's and, so hard. Yeah, this is hard. So I feel bad for him because now they the whole family has to quarantine for 14 days. So Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, bummed, that, I'm bummed that we're not going to be able to do anything, but I'm glad that the kids are you know, relatively okay, and I hope that nobody else gets sick. Yeah. So, but yeah, me myself, I'm I'm great. <laughs> How about you, Greg? I'm doing all right. Um, you know, got uh, just you know, it's, it's it's a daily it's a daily thing. You're just trying to, you know, do what you need to do and make ends meet. And I think keeping busy is what's keeping me sane. <laughs> if I'm being honest, um, there's a lot of games out right now too. Jesus Christ, I just beat. Uh, Sackboy, A Big Adventure, and the week before that, I beat Spider-Man, Miles Morales. Now I got, you know, Assassin's Creed Valhalla and um, uh, Hyrule Warriors, Age of something or other. Can't remember the name of it, but it's a new Zelda game that just came out on the Twitch. So, Jesus Christ. And then next week, uh, what do I get? There's a game that comes out on the second that I'll be getting through Gamefly. Um, and then on the 10th of December is Cyberpunk. Cyberpunk 2077. Man, I want that one. Um, oh, Immortals Phoenix Rising comes out on the, on the third. And I want to play that. So it's just too many games. But- and here I am telling my sister, hey, we got Jenga. 
Yeah. Oh yeah, we're definitely gonna play some Jenga. <laughs> like yeah, Jenga. Got Jenga. I got dominoes. I got Cars Against Humanity. I got Sorry Scrabble Life. Trying. I've been trying to tell people for years because people don't want to listen to me, and I don't get it. Um, but if you want, if you are somebody who wants to play new games. You want to check out the new game, but you don't want to buy it because you know that you're going to play it for like 20, 30 hours and then it's going away. Gamefly. Uh, Gamefly is such a great, like, here's the trick with Gamefly. A week before a game comes out, return a game that you have. Keep everything out of your queue unless it's that new game. And then, boom, when that new game comes out, It'll send it to you the day before it actually releases, and you'll likely get it the day after it releases, or the next day after that. So you're only like you're only not playing a new game for like two or three days before you get it. It's yeah, we um with my stepson when he was a teenager, uh, we used GameFly, and uh, one of my other friends turned us onto it. He used GameFly, and uh, it was a good service, as I recall. But you know, he's 27 years old now, and so we. We just don't do that. Lydia is not a console player, but she can kick my ass in Mario Kart quite yeah, badly. I will say yeah. that, that's the only that's the only downside to GameFly is that this is only applicable to console players. Yeah, uh, if if your PC, it just uh, there's they don't have anything for PC on the site. But you know, like let's say you have a Switch and a PC, use it for your Switch straight up. Like there's there's like, and they have services where you can get one game at a time, two games at a time, three or four games. I think you can do five now. Now, would you recommend the Switch? Okay, what, yes. what what does the Switch have that I should know about that would make me want to buy it? I think you would really like Animal Crossing. Animal yeah, Crossing everybody seems to love that. Yeah. I if, think if you Oh, I was gonna say any Nintendo uh IPs that they own, like the Mario franchise, the Zelda franchise, the Metroid franchise. Those uh, games are console. What are the controllers the like? Switch. Tiny. So there's so there's the there's the Joy Cons, which it comes with, which they're they're attached to the side of the system. And they can come off, and it comes with like an attachment where you can put them in, and you can use it like a regular controller. Or what I have, which is the Pro controller, and the Pro controller is shaped exactly like an Xbox One controller, like. Uh. Like pretty fucking close to the same thing, and um, uh, I highly recommend getting a pro controller if you get a switch. Just because the greatest thing about the switch is that it can be on your TV or it can be in handheld mode. And how much do they cost? Three hundred right now, without anything else. Yeah, now that's the the one downside of the switch is it's not any cheaper. Uh, and the accessories compared to the PlayStation and the Xbox seem to be about $10 higher on average for controllers. Uh, they seem uh, to be but, changing that. It looks like they're changing that. Yeah, but see, I could get a new dishwasher for $300. <laughs> well, they also <laughs> have more technology in those controllers, too. I mean, with the haptic feedback and everything. Yeah, like... Um, uh, for example, Betty, I, I recently they they came out with uh, a pack that has Mario sixty four, Mario Sunshine, and Mario Galaxy all in one thing. Um, and in Mario Galaxy, you have to use motion controls because Mario spins if you shake the Wii remote. 
Um, you also have to point it, point the thing at the screen to shoot star bits. I don't know if you ever played Galaxy, but it uses motion controls and um, screen, blah, 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 blah. Blah, 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 blah. Because the Switch doesn't have a device that attaches to the top of your TV for an infrared fucking thing, um, I was wondering how they were going to fix that. And basically, with the technology that these controllers have, you just kind of hold it in a certain spot, press a button, and it centers a, a hand on the middle of your screen. And then when you slightly move the controller, even if you're facing away from the TV, it moves the hand. So, you, yeah, so like I was able to play with a pro controller on Mario Galaxy while still being able to play the game like normal because they put a button press for the spin move, or usually it was just a shake of the controller, which was fantastic. And uh, pointing your cursor on the screen was just attached to the slight adjustment and movements of the controller. So, but there's a ton of games on the Switch that. I, I think you would love. And primarily that goes to like indie games, like $20, $30 games. There's a ton. I, I, I guarantee you, you're right. You are absolutely right. But when I hear the price tag to me, again, that says dishwasher. You know, I'm like, I, get you. I mean, to be fair, like, or dishwasher, you know, I uh, mean, because I really hate washing dishes, man. I really hate it. <laughs> I get where I get where you're coming from. Um, I mean, uh, uh, the new the new consoles, the new P the PlayStation and Xboxes are four hundred, three hundred, or four hundred, five hundred a piece. So even on a certain scale of like what's cheapest, the Switch is still the cheapest. But I get where you're coming from with like being responsible with money. Um. <laughs> well, it's it's priorities, you know. It's like, well, you know, my Xbox, I've had this thing for a hot minute. I've had to replace the uh, plug already. I'm going to keep it until it dies. And when it dies, I'm going to hand it over to a friend to see if they can fix it before I go out and buy a new one. <laughs> you know, that's kind of essential to our way of life as an Xbox. So, I mean, that's, that's up there as it's more of a priority even than the Switch because, you know, the Xbox is how we access a lot of things. Yeah, TV I have. Uh, it's not brand new, but it's new to us. I waited for my dad to trade up and then asked my dad, I was like, hey, what are you doing with that old TV? You know? <laughs> okay, and I got cool. myself a TV. <laughs> One of the downsides with, uh, with the, with the um, switch is that it doesn't even, it doesn't support Netflix, which I don't understand why they haven't done that yet. Um, it supports YouTube and um, uh, Hulu, but that's it. Like it doesn't have it doesn't have Disney Plus on there. It doesn't have uh, Amazon Prime. Like I don't get why, but and then and then YouTube only runs at 720p. Yeah, any higher than that. So uh, I totally yeah. Get YouTube is a huge part of our life. I pay for YouTube. Mm -hmm. I mean that's that's how important it is to us because you know I use it for a lot of supplementation for homeschool. There's a lot of good videos on there, especially with the Green Brothers who run SciShow and Crash Course. You know, and commercials are a pain in the ass, and it they're not when conducive have, to learning. When you have one at the start of every video, and it's the same two over and over and over for a week at a time, it's enough to make you want to spend that nine ninety nine a month. Yeah, and well, I especially do, especially if you watch 
hours and hours and hours on end on YouTube. And we do. So I watch yeah. I watch a lot of YouTube on my laptop. And uh, when I say a lot, I mean 98% of it. And I just downloaded an ad blocker. I was like, I don't, I don't need to watch all these fucking ads. But well, but, you know, I do have an ad blocker on my laptop and I use that until we started homeschooling. And I realized that when I was gonna play it on the TV for you know everyone to see it properly. There were so many ads, it was just not conducive. Yeah. So I was like, you know what? Screw this. We're paying for YouTube. And I yeah. don't regret it at all. That's, that's exactly no. why, like, for a while there, I was paying for YouTube because my dad and I were using, uh, we were watching Kit Boga and he would do these, uh, you know, the, the, um, Dude, I love, I love Kit Boga. And, uh, but the problem was, is that, yeah, using my phone to watch his YouTube videos, it was like, get a fucking ad constantly. I get why he puts the ads on there, but I don't need to see them get, I get it. So, um, I, I like, I was like spending $10 a month for that. And then we stopped listening to get Boga for some reason. Cause we got hmm. bored of it or whatever. And then I stopped paying for it. And so, but, but no, I get where you're coming from. Um, but yeah, like that's, then that's the difference between having a PlayStation four slash five or a, you know, an Xbox in your house because they do support all those things they listed. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, but the the switch is, I don't know. The switch is a different breed. It really is. It's it's not like your every other console because the types of games it has on it, plus it being handheld and you know, mo, uh, um, being able to attach to the TV, like it's 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 just, it just does things a little differently. Plus, it has motion control games or not motion control games. It's it's really an all around gaming console, whereas. The everything the other two consoles are entertainment consoles, so if that makes any sense, but well, you know, and again, I've got an Xbox and I've got a Wii, and I've got a Wii because I love to play tennis. It's something I did before my accident, and this is the only way for me to replicate that feeling of raw, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, I will get down with some tennis, man. That's the one know. one of the games I miss playing the most because I can't run across court anymore. I don't know if they have a tennis game that works really well on the Switch. I know I tried to get Mario Tennis and use the motion controls, but they kind of sucked a little bit. Or, sorry, ah. Mario Tennis Aces is what it's called on the Switch. I am a badass at some tennis. I'm also a badass at golf. Yeah, I wish they'd come out with another Wii Sports title for the Switch. That'd be nice, but we'll see. Um, Well, let's get into the reviews, everybody, because we have a jam-packed show today. Um, we're going to be reviewing episode four of Mandalorian season two of Mandalorian. Um, Maya is going to be reviewing the film uncut gems, which you can still find on Netflix. Betty will be reviewing utopia, which I'm not sure where you can watch that. Amazon prime. Amazon. Okay. And, uh, I'll be reviewing Lego star Wars holiday special and, uh, the reboot of Animaniacs. Um, which I just realized it's, it's, let's see, it's, Disney Plus, Netflix, Amazon Prime, Disney Plus, Hulu. <laughs> Jesus, all over. We the just place. we just need a YouTube original. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, which but I don't know anymore because I think a lot of those are going to Netflix. I think I think they don't do them anymore. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, 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 well. Let's go ahead and dive into episode four, Mandalorian. Um. First, what I have to do is remember what happened in this episode. Holy shit, why am I drawing a blank? 
Well, uh, you know, it started out with he had left Trask. Uh, he and the child had left Trask. And he's like, you know, we can't make it to Corvus in the shape that we're in. We're going to, you know, have to hit up some friends for some repairs and mm. then go back to Navarro to meet one. up with Grief Karga and uh, Cara Dune to see if he could get his ship repaired. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So while he is there, you you see uh you see that uh, Cara Dune has become the marshal uh, in the main port, and she's they're cleaning up the town. Her and Grief Carga have been cleaning things up, and you know, street vendors have returned, and it's a respectable place, and. You know, they're trying to stabilize the planet, you know, kick the remnants of the Empire out. And that's when Grief Karga says to the Mandalorian, hey, I'll fix your ship. We'll get it back good as new. I need your help in the meantime while the repairs are taking place. We've got an Imperial base on the other side of the planet. They're supposed to have a skeleton crew. We want them off of the planet, and this way we can, you know, make the planet safe again from everybody from the remnants of the empire that's a, basically sums up yeah let's go blow this box. bitch up so we're all cool yeah yeah um and they've opened up a school so of course you know it acts as a daycare for the child while they do this so and i messaged you i messaged you too when this episode was going or right after i watched it and i said i have a new theory but I can't talk about it until the podcast. Now, for everyone listening, it is a spoilery fucking theory. Okay. Um, I don't know if I told you this, but I had a conversation with my brother, and his his theory on on what the point of of Baby Yoda was and why the remnants of the Empire wants him is because they're going they want to make him into the clone of Snoke. I don't I believe that's the case. No. What is, wait, what is Snoke? Um, he is. He was a dark force user who was the supreme leader of the New Order uh, in the latest Star Wars trilogy. Uh, for time being, uh, he was a figurehead. Yes. Okay. So, so they want to do what? So there, there was a theory going around, um, namely from my brother that they wanted to clone a baby Yoda and then that he was going to become one of the clones was going to become Snoke. I don't so think did they have Snoke's like brain, like on a chip somewhere that they're going to implant into this baby Yoda clone. No, 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 no. So, How so does this work? So in, in, the reason his theory went this route is because the guy that's wearing the glasses and that and that little hologram thing, he's also in episode what two or three of the first season, the um, first episode and third episode, first episode third episode. So yeah, he doesn't. He obviously Mando doesn't kill him, but the the little logo that's on his um, uh, arm is is very similar to the logo that was on the clones in episode two of uh, sorry Attack of the Clones. The movie it it, it 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 is a Camino uh, cloners facility, right. cloning facility symbol. Is, the the shape of the badge is different, but the like little logo on it is the same. Yeah, or very similar. And um, no, it's the same. 
I look it because I, I said similar because the one that's on the clones looks almost like it was painted. Like it has like kind of like a uh, a certain design to it, whereas his looks straight. But I could be wrong. I, I I could totally be wrong on that. Regardless, it's extremely similar, if not the same. Okay, um, so they're they're gonna clone Baby Yoda, and they're gonna so, make it the new. So I don't. So so people think they want to clone Baby Yoda. I don't think they want to clone Baby Yoda. I think that there's there's a piece of dialogue that's in that little hologram, where he says that the assets M account is really high. Now, this is something that Maya kind of hates about the new trilogy, but they're... Um, no, that's what I hate about the prequel trilogy. Sorry, that's what I meant. Prequel trilogy, my bad. Um, they take away the mysticism of the Force, Betty, and they go, hey, so everybody who can use the Force has a thing called the midichlorian count. Midichlorians in real life are little bacteria that exist within Yeah, your I know what those are. Um, in, in Star Wars, midichlorians are what allow a Force user to use the Force. Yeah, I know. Um, when he says M count, I'm 100% sure he's talking about midichlorian count. And that's probably 100%. Yeah. 100% without a doubt. That's I'd be surprised if he about. wasn't. And I believe that Moff Gideon is working with Palpatine from episode 9. You think that fucker's still well? Yeah, never mind. I mean, he is technically still alive. Yeah, he is. So, so, um, I think they just want Baby Yoda's blood. That's, that's all I think they want, just because of the high M count, quote unquote. Yeah, but they can, you know, engineer using his blood, engineer clones. So they still but, want it for cloning purposes, but just yes, not yes. as an actual. Let's make another Yoda like, uh, you know. So basically, they they copy. want some Jedi true blood. Yep, yep. They, they want they want Force user blood. That's all it is. So they can make clones of Palpatine. That's that's what they want. Oh, or man. they couldn't have picked somebody else. Well, right. I mean, it is his army, so I don't think it's up to them that they're picking him. I think it's in his mandates that they revive him. God, that makes me think of the freaking. Uh, the thing you sent us, Greg, with the clone, the Trump clone mm. on Mars. I still haven't watched that, by the way, but I don't know where I could other than buying it. I'm not going to fucking buy it. That, the Just the trailer alone was enough for shits and giggles, okay? I mean, that was that was some pretty awesome shit right there. <laughs> I've, yeah, watched, so. I've, watched, I've watched worse than that. That's longer than that. That thing's like an hour. Like... All of that guy's movies are an hour and they're all animated. And I'm just like, I could just watch this. Like I could just make this a thing, but like, that's the other thing about B movies. And I have to admit like slightly off topic. I hate watching them by myself. I have to watch them with somebody else and I have to be either high or we have to be drinking. Like anyway, like off topic. Um, and speaking yeah, I just, of Moff Gideon, he makes, he makes an appearance at the very end of the episode. Uh-huh. Did you notice, Greg, what he was standing in that room? It looked like a droid room. Unless I specifically, specifically the type of droids that those are, they look like Phase Three Dark Troopers. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, I asked Jeff. I was like, "Why is he in a Darth Vader costume? What the hell's going on here?" Yeah, I mean, it's like so those I, those droids appear in. Rebels, I believe they first they first appeared in the video game Dark Forces that came out in '95. 
they appeared. Yeah, and they are incredibly, incredibly uh, well equipped and well uh, versed in combat. Uh, to give you. To give you context, Betty, they are basically trained to fight the top people and like to fight Jedi, essentially. And um, their armor is stronger than Mando's armor. Yeah, wow. it's stronger than Beskar. Their armor is made out of uh, vibranium. Uh, no, uh, what is the name of the substance that was? It's the things that vibro blades are made out of. Uh, it's not Durasteel. It's something else. I can't remember the tough name. Tough as shit material. Yeah, yeah tough as shit material. Tough as shitium. Tough as shitium. There we go. <laughs> uh, yeah, so these these guys are going to, like, Mando's not going to be able to take them out. Straight up. He's not going to be able to unless he finds something that can cut through that that armor. And the fact that, the, that Moff Gideon has more than two is terrifying. Oh, Yeah. I mean, just when they did the pan back and you're seeing all these things, it's like, oh, shit. But I do have to say one thing. Well, a couple of things. First, I want to say that Cara Dune is a badass bitch. She is my yep. hero. She That that bitch has got ass-kicking arms. I want so, ass-kicking arms. And uh, second, baby Yoda during the flight scenes and they're rolling around and he's <laughs> little hands up. Oh, my God. That was adorable. And then puking on himself. Like yeah, I know. And, and then Mando's cleaning it up. Like, you, you're a parent. We've all been there. <laughs> oh, and, the, and the, the little thing where he's trying to, you know, trying to walk him through rewiring so they can. Uh, oh. He's like, take the red wire, unplug it. Now take the blue wire and plug it into where you unplug the red one. Don't from. let them touch. And he sticks them together and shocks himself. I saw a great meme. It was like when you lie on your resume and still get the job, and it's showing Baby Yoda <laughs> holding the red and the blue wires about to stick them together. So <laughs> true. Yeah, Baby Yoda definitely, um, he was funny this episode. I love when he took the cookies with the force. Mm -hmm. That was funny. Um, He's so cute. So one of the, I don't know if you guys have heard about the campaign of, of I, I don't know what they can do. I don't know what, if they should do anything, but um, uh, people are not wanting, uh, what's her name? Oh my God. Care, actually, uh, Gina Carano. Gina Carano, because she is, she has posted uh, some shared, some very transphobic shit on Twitter. Oh, I don't like hearing that. Yeah, neither do I, but it's the truth. And because Cara Dune is amazing, I if well, actors, that, oh, that, that makes me feel. Ugh. Yeah, I know, I know. I knew about it before she even appeared in season two. Um, I knew about it after season one, and people are like, they need to replace her or get rid of the character, and I'm just like, oh, that's so rough for the show, though. Like super rough for the show. Yeah, I mean, but you can't. She Man. also posted some conspiracy theory bullshit in regards to COVID, which is great because she's also an idiot, apparently. This is one of those instances where I love the art and I hate the artists. And I mean, you know, yeah. and unfortunately, I think that kind of does call for the death of her character because she does not deserve that spot. She yeah. does not deserve the fame and attention and recognition 
that being on this show brings a person because you know. Yeah, I I don't I want I like Cara Dune. I like the character of Cara Dune. She's fantastic. I do. Um, I agree. How do you like there has got to be another actress that can play her because if I'm being honest, like she's not really acting. She acts about as well as Bruce Willis does. Um, and that's acting as Bruce Willis. Um, so it wouldn't be hard to find somebody who's as bulky and, and, and large as her to just replace. And well, I think they could we'll replace her with a whole other person. This is Star Wars. We could have had some freaky transference shit going on. Who knows? I mean, yeah, I mean, in the Marvel Universe, we have two uh, roadies. So, I mean, again, as long as I just I don't feel comfortable now knowing that she has such a prominent position on the show. Yeah, I, I don't feel right knowing that Disney's backing that kind of crap. I think I think it didn't come to 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 the surface until like season two was done filming. Has she honest. apologized? No, no. Well, yeah, she's joined she parlor. Needs to go. Yeah, she's joined parlor. Yeah, I'm sorry. Bye, Felicia. Don't let the door hit your ass on the way out. You know, no, no. Yeah, because it was like I because I was talking to Andy about it. We were playing because you know, I play Fall Guys like every fucking day with him, and uh, he was like, "What could they do to 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 like fix that?" And I was like, "I don't think they can do anything now." Like they can't go back and refilm everything because it's already done. No, but and, from here on out, that bitch don't need to come back. Yeah, when she texted me, he was like, "I guess they can't kick her out when she's already filmed all the season two. And I'm like, "Uh huh, I get that." But um, I get what you've already done, and I'm going to enjoy it. But if she comes back for season three, I I don't know if I can, in good conscience, watch the show. That's why I tell people all the time that like, um. Harry Potter is no longer J.K. Rowling's. Like it's all of ours. Like, yeah. Don't don't buy the new stuff because it, she gets mo money from that. But um, the stories are ours. Period. She can go fuck herself. Um, but yeah, like it's 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 definitely something I wanted to address on the podcast because I'm like I don't know how many people know it. I mean, Betty, you didn't know it, so no. That. Maya, you knew beforehand, right? I knew some of it. I didn't know about everything, uh, such as the uh, mocking of trans pronouns. Yeah. Uh, I knew that she had been an anti-masker, and I'm like, well, she's dumb, but she can afford to be an anti-masker. But, you know, we, uh, as not wealthy citizens don't have the luxuries that celebrities do when it comes to healthcare. Uh, but I didn't know about some of those other things. And I'm looking at an article now on IndieWire and I'm just like, Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. That's bad. It's real bad. Yeah. I, I, again, you know, I understand they've already filmed what they filmed, but from here on out, this coming out, they should, they need to make a public statement, you know, decrying this type of, you know, uh, behavior and really? nicks her from the show. I don't care what it costs them because and, and it'll my, cost them more in fans if they don't. Yeah, I was say, in my personal opinion, Star Wars is for everybody. Period. Like straight up, no offense or buts. Like I, 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 I recognize that past Star Wars stuff has been very sexist or has had sexist undertones, but that's being changed very much so nowadays. And um, uh, 
I don't want anybody to feel excluded because an actress that's currently in one of the new things is. I mean, yeah. Imagine going to like a comic con convention and she's there and you're a young trans person and this is your greatest, you know, moment. And she's snide to you or she mistreats you because you are transgendered. That just, there's no place for that in this world. There's not. It just needs to go, and people should not support it. You know, big companies, I, I don't care. She's not worth it. Let that bitch go. Yeah, yeah. She can try to invalidate me all she wants, but hey, you know, I, I put my bra on one cup at a time just like she does. Fuck her. Yeah. It, it, yep. That's a, that's a, um, it's not a way that I expected to for you to describe that. That's why it made me laugh. <laughs> uh, but it tended right. to be funny. Um, yeah, that's, so uh, I, my that's, how much, how much that, that, that's part of the thing. What was that? I said, how much more in the show does Kara Dunn have? Cause she had the whole scene at the end with the, um, the new Republic guy who gave her the medallion. And I don't know. They were, they were clearly building to her, like having a history because she's from Alderaan for fuck's sake. So like, I want to know more about Cara Dune. I want to know more about that character. I just don't want her playing it anymore. <laughs> yeah, re- recast the character. Keep the character, recast her. Replace her with Ronda Rousey. Uh, I mean, sure, but like... But you're going to get the same quality of acting. <laughs> One of my favorite things about Cara Dune is just that she's like fucking jacked. Like, that's... Yeah. I mean, that was one of the things I liked, too. I mean, that bitch, she, yeah, she's stacked, and she's sexy, and, you know, I'm and, like, and yeah, her. I love her. And then I find I this best. out, oh, my God, ruins my day. You know, I mean, she is in the next, she is in eight episodes uh, for this season. You um, know what they could do just to, just to give a middle finger to her? Hire a trans woman who's jacked. That's what I'm saying. That would you know, be- you don't even have to hire one that's jacked. Just hire a trans woman. Just to rub it in her face a little bit more, you know. I I know there was a trans actor on Sense Eight who was amazing, and I think she would do the role very well. She's not jacked, but you know, she's she's one hell of a woman. Um, yeah, no, that's yeah, and a good actress at that. So, but uh, staying on topic here, Dune, but not talking about um, her actress anymore, just because we all agree. Get her off. Yeah. The um, I am curious as to what that medallion exactly was. Um, I, I, cause my, my thought process is that it's either a medallion for her time with the rebels or the, rebe- the, the, re- the rebellion, or it's a medallion in regards to Alderaan being, exploded it i just thought it was like a new republic beacon just saying you know hey show this to a recruitment office or something and they'll let you in maybe could have been simple i don't think it's simple though i think oh i think i think it's really simple just a service coin yeah just like hey you you're a veteran we can use you show this you'll be welcome back into the fold that kind of thing yeah, I could see that. Yeah, I mean, you could be right, and I, I want to think it's more, but 
it probably isn't. Um, so did you guys see the uh, the funny little slip up that they had filming it? Uh, yeah. So. so in the scene where uh, I can never remember Carl Weathers' name, Grief Karga. Grief Karga. They're, they're in the Imperial base and they're having the firefight with the stormtroopers. Was it the stormtroopers? I thought it was the uh, the two guys at the uh, console. It may have been. Either way, it was it was in when they were in a hallway in the Imperial base. Yeah, all three of them are firing at something, and in the background, you can see like um, uh, a guy who's just wearing jeans, a shirt, and a watch. But you can see his like shoulder and down to towards shoulder, his shoulder, left arm, and most of his left leg and part of his torso. Um, standing out aside from one of the uh the fans have uh, made him all uh, kids the fans uh, yeah i'm going to look that up the fans have made him canon and if you go to the wikipedia you'll find him under general jeff shirt jeans jeff shirt jeans jeff shirt jeans huh uh fucking hilarious i i, I they've, they've actually mocked up action figures yep yep that's fabulous it's that's fucking great. Like I love that about the fans in this regard because they're not making a big deal about it. They're just having fun with it. They're like, it's a show. It's gonna happen. Shit, shit happens. Especially with Star Wars. Come on. Oh no, they called him Admiral Jeff Blue Jeans. Jeff Blue Jeans. My bad. Blue Jeans. I got that slightly wrong. Jeff Blue Jeans. And in, in fact, give me a second, and I will see if if I can find an image of the action figure that they've mocked up. It's pretty fucking funny. Um, yeah, I think I think one of my favorite moments of the episode too was uh, um, uh, Grief Karga constantly like yelling at the um, the fish dude, like, "Do you want me to take time off of your <laughs> of your imprisonment?" All right. <laughs> Gets yeah, out. that made me feel a little bad. I mean, I know he did a bad thing, but at the same time, I was like, wow, y'all are really being assholes to this poor thing. I was cracking up. Like, he's like, the, the, par- the part that, that really made my dad laugh was when he, like, basically pissed himself when seeing Mando for the first time. More or less. You know, the, whatever the fuck squirted out. Yeah, there it is. Okay, look. really funny admiral jeff admiral blue jeff blue jeans <laughs> so fucking funny oh my god <laughs> you weren't all, as off camera as you thought you were sir <laughs> yeah really the first time i saw this by the way it was through a tiktok and a guy was like Oh, now now I have the perfect costume for Star Wars. I've always wanted to cosplay as a Star Wars character. Now I have it. And he's just putting on jeans and a gray shirt and a watch. I was, I was like, what? Here it f- is. Oh, the here it is. Yeah. yeah, this is great. It's taking its sweet time to load, huh? I know. I've got like 93 tabs open on another monitor. Well, why don't we go ahead and wrap up this uh, the, the review while you're pulling that up, uh, Maya, and um, we'll move on to the other stuff we got to review. Um, yeah, look at that. Yeah, Betty- <laughs> so funny. I would actually buy that if it was real. 
but I think they're making like a limited and giving them out. I don't think they're selling them. Oh, well. Silence in the episode. Do, do, do. But are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, sorry. Uh, Betty, why don't you give your final thoughts on it, and and uh, and then Maya, you're next, and then I'll do me. Um, I give it a B plus. It was good. Um, it furthered the storyline, and uh, I mean, it was nothing spectacular, but there were some good moments, some cute moments, and again, how they were treating the one dude, kind of upsetting, but you know, overall, can't wait to see what happens next week. What about you, Maya? I'll give it a B. Uh, I thought it was a, a good episode, but it wasn't a stellar episode. But it did further the plot uh, to the point where his ship's been repaired. Uh, we did see more from Moff Gideon. Uh, we did see from the cloning technician uh, that took a blood sample. We now know that they need more of his blood. We know there's a tracking beacon on the Razor Crest. Uh, you know, we saw a tease of dark troopers. So there was a lot of good stuff in an episode uh, that, you know, it was it was directed by Carl Weathers. So, yeah, you know, I don't think it was the most polished of episodes, but it was a good one. Uh, I pretty much hear everything Maya said. It's a solid beat for me. Like I kind of like the episode wasn't so outstandish that I remembered it immediately talking about it. So. Uh, yeah, I had to look it up. Yeah, I was like, I was like, like what happened episode? Yeah. Um, but uh, I do like how it furthered arcing plot versus just episode plot. Yeah. Uh, um, and gave us a little bit to kind of chew on. So that's, I really appreciate that. But I think overall it was, uh, it, it was, it, it was definitely, um, it was it, this episode was overshadowed by last week's episode with the other Mandalorians and um, oh, absolutely. So like it's a, it's a hard act to follow, but it was a it was a good episode, it was a solid episode, oh, and and that that falls in line with episode two, following episode one as a standalone episode. Episode two was a weaker episode, tied in with episode three and tied into the overall arcing plot. It's a stronger story. It serves its purpose to strengthen the overall season story, overall story, you know, from beginning to this current point, but as a standalone, it's very weak. Yes, yes, yes. I think that's, and that's the difference between season two and one right away for me is that season one was a lot of character building where, and, and, um, where season two is like, we just have a plot to tell. And we're going to tell like slight size. Cause even in this episode's plot, it mattered to the overarching plot. Well, like, it's like, you know, when they were walking away and you know, he, he told those two aliens to go fix his ship. And that one turned around and looked back. I looked at Jeff and I was like, I don't trust that alien. And then at the end when it's like, you know, yeah, the, the trackers on the ship, I was like, see, I told you I didn't trust that alien. Yeah. <laughs> Shifty eyes, um, shifty bug eyes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I'm excited for I'm excited for for Friday's episode. I think it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be interesting, especially if they if they you know do do half of the stuff that they kind of hinted at, like we see the dark troopers in action, or we see what the empire is gonna do towards the tracking shit. Like, there's a lot. Oh, we actually meet Ahsoka Tano. 
god yeah i mean i think it's like what maya said you know a lot of the b episodes are followed up by the a plus episodes because you know they they have to be tied together so i am looking forward to this week and what it's going to bring yeah i agree i agree all right um i know one thing i'll be up at six o'clock in the morning watching it (laughs) (laughs) i forgot Friday morning, and I had to wait all day to watch it Friday night, and I was like, "This is uh, Misty and uh That's our thing. We get up, you know, about six o'clock in the morning on 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 Mandalorian day and watch it first thing, and then we watch the newest. And this will be the final episode of the Great British Baking Show on Netflix this week. <laughs> I so. have a uh, I have a terrible thing with my ADD or whatever you want to call it, where I have object permanence, and if somebody doesn't remind me about something, I forget about it. So that's that's why I like, forgot. Like your macro penis. I, I, Jesus Christ. Worst. <laughs> I really am. <laughs> Just for everyone listening, I don't have a micro penis. This was a dumb joke on Jackbox that won't die. It just won't die. I'll never let it. I'm gonna beat it like the dead horse that it is. Jesus. Yeah, that's not threat. It's a promise. Well, you know what, Maya? You can go and talk about fucking uncut gems for all I care. Your turn. Oh, oh well, that was enthusiastic. Damn straight. All right. Well, if you haven't heard, Adam Sandler did a movie called Uncut Gems that released in late uh, 2019. And there was Oscar buzz for it. And Adam Sandler said, if I don't get an Oscar for this movie, I'm going to make the worst piece of shit you've ever seen in your life. And then he made Hubie Halloween. Hmm. So, um, uh, he delivered. He, did, he, he delivered in that regard. Now, as for the movie Uncut Gems itself, I'm just going to preface this by saying Adam Sandler's performance in this movie is the best work he's done on screen I've ever seen. Uh, he he does a wonderful job in this movie. It is his movie. He steals the show. Uh, he's just it. Uh, the movie, the plot itself is simple enough. He plays Howard Ratner, a Jewish-American jeweler who uh, lives in New York, Uh, in Long Island, and he owns a jewelry store in the Diamond District of New York City who happens to be a horrible gambling addict, Uh, and he is in debt to loan sharks. And he makes a deal to have a very rare black opal, which is uncut. It's in its raw mind form. Uh, smuggled to the United States from Ethiopia on the premise that it's so valuable that he'll, you know, increase his return on his investment tenfold. He paid like a hundred grand for it and it's valued at like 1.2 million. So that's his whole deal to chose to close this deal. And while he's doing so, he is hustling you know, his world is upside down. He's he's hustling left and right. He's scamming people. He's making bets. Uh, he's going to pawn shops and saying, hey, I got this. I want to pawn this. Give me, you know, so many thousands for this. And I'll be back Friday to get this. And He's just in over his head. 
And he's not a good person whatsoever. I mean, he's cheating on his wife with one of his employees. Um, Pardon me, I had a sneeze there. It's his world is in shambles. And watching this movie, it is it will give you anxiety. (laughs) Um just from start to finish it's two hours 14 minutes long and i don't want to give too much about the plot away but the thing is when he gets the opal he's being pursued by loan sharks uh well he's being pursued by thugs sent from the loan shark he's in 100 grand to and one of the uh people who were prominent in the movie is former nba player kevin garnett this is set in the year 2012 when Garnett was on the Celtics and they were making a championship run and they were playing against the Sixers in the uh, NBA Conference Finals. Um, Garnett sees this opal and he is just stricken by it and he wants it. And Ratner lets him borrow the opal for the game. He goes and he has just a great performance. Garnett believes it's his good luck charm and he wants it, but Ratner needs it back. He's like, no, it's going to auction. I can't let you have this. It's going to auction. You can buy it at the auction next week on Monday. Garnett doesn't want to give it back to him. And he's got Garnett's championship ring, so he pawns it for 50 mm. grand. Yeah, so it, it's crazy all the things that he's doing. You know, he, he pawns it and he makes a bet with this money and Loan Shark's like, stops the bet and he would have won 600,000 on the bet and he could have paid off his loan shark and made 500 grand, but loan shark stopped the bet because it was made with money that was owed to him. So yeah, it's just a, it's, it's not overly complex, but there's a lot of complex things going on with Ratner himself that make the movie interesting and make you want to know more about how did this guy who went from a prominent standing come to where his life is so fucked up you know how do you go from being on top to basically just barely making it scraping by by the skin of your teeth on a day-to-day basis it's it's it moves at a fast rapid pace but it's really really good what's his name What's whose name? What's uh, Adam Sandler's character's name? Howard Ratner. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that sounds interesting. Yeah, it it would probably make me very uncomfortable to watch it, but I bet Jeff would enjoy it. It, 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 like I said, it will give you anxiety. And the opal that you know he's had smuggled from Ethiopia—it's a rare black opal. I don't, oh yeah, I know about opals. Opal's my favorite stone. I would love to have a black opal, but they are super expensive. They are, and one of the things when he had it go to auction for appraisal, the auction house only appraised it, valued it like one hundred and fifty grand to two hundred and twenty-five grand. Bullshit. Exactly. And he was like, no, that's wrong. This thing's worth 1.2 million. And I mean, how big are we talking about here? Uh, it was about 300 carats or no, 600 carats. Jesus Christ. 
Yeah, 600 carats, and it was valued anywhere from 1,000 to 3,000 a carat. Uh, you know, yeah. average black opal, I was looking it up, black opal average uh, price per carat is 1,900 pounds. Yeah, they're expensive because they are the rarest. You know, um, opals are made from the silica from dinosaur bones. Yeah. So, yeah, it was, uh, it, it's, it's fascinating. It was a beautiful one that they had, you know, and it's uncut. So you can see all these colors and everything. And the, the auction house, they're like, well, our gemologist is renowned. And he says, it's not that significant. You know, it's bullshit. Uh, he's like, I got six appraisers that I'll tell you that it's worth over a million. He's like, you pull that, you know, run the original estimate. It, it's crazy so you know of course that leads to things in the plot and i'm not giving away a lot of great plot details because i don't want to spoil something, yeah but it's definitely worth your watch and you know a lot of people are like oh, adam sandler he's not a good actor no he's a great actor and this he shows off his acting jobs uh and that's something about, uh, something about him that drives me nuts is like he doesn't have to do these really silly comedy movies. He can he can act really well. I don't know why he doesn't do more. I mean, I get why because he's like, oh, what's, what's the point? I don't get anything out of it, which is kind of shitty. But I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I mean, he he didn't get the recognition that he de rightfully deserved uh, from playing this role. Uh, he was snubbed by the Oscar Academy, which let's be fair is a joke anyway. Right. Uh, but you know his his comedy movies make bank. They really do. So. I mean, that's the thing about Hubie Halloween is that even though Maya and I weren't really the world's biggest fans of it, a majority of people that watched it were in your camp, Betty. So. Oh yeah, again, it was very nostalgic driven. You know, and I wasn't expecting anything great. I was just expecting a a good old fashioned type. Adam Sandler movie, and I was okay with that. Yeah, I, was, I was expecting was, to laugh, and I didn't. Yeah, <laughs> I laughed. Sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> it was it was a fun little family 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 friendly movie, and that's yes, what it was. was. Uh, but I didn't expect any more or any less, and I got exactly what I expected. So, so is, I was happy. Is there, is there any comedy in Uncut Gems? Not really. Not it's really, okay. it's it's more of a drama. Uh, I mean, there are a couple of bits that are kind of funny, but not intentionally funny. Not to or me, not, anyway. or not, in, not intentionally funny in the way that like a comedy would do it. It's a, it's a exactly. circumstantial, like, oh, that guy's getting an idiot kind of funny. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of the same kind of comedy you'd find in like, uh, I imagine an, a heist movie, like, one of the characters just happens to kind of be a little dumb or he says something stupid or somebody sarcastic. Yeah, well, I wouldn't even go that far. Oh, I right. mean, there's not a lot of funny bits in this. Uh, it's, it's genuinely, like I said, it's fast paced and will give you anxiety. It will make you nervous. So not even when Adam Sandler says, Oh my God, I'm going to come. That's not funny. But he does that a couple of times and it's, it's really not funny in the moment. It makes okay. for a funny meme, but like, it's not funny in the moment because of the context. Gotcha. I gotcha. I gotcha. It's, I, I get it. It's, it's like asking if, um, Truman show or, uh, uh, 
four hour photo. Was it four hour photo that Robin Williams did? Yeah. One hour photo. One hour photo. Jesus, could not remember the fucking number. Um, it's like asking if those movies have funny moments. It's like, not really. <laughs> no, yeah, you're, you're exactly right. And that's about the regards to it. In one hour photo. Oh my God, what a good movie. That was. It was that's why very use, disturbing. Why well, I use Truman Show and One Hour Photo because they're both fantastic movies done by traditionally comedic actors. Exactly. Who do phenomenal jobs in their roles, just like Sandler does here. But I think Sandler's performance is better than either Williams's in One Hour Photo or Carrie's in Truman Show. Wow. That's, so a, that's a hot Robin fucking mark, Williams. man. Yeah, I'm sorry. One Hour Photo is Robin Williams. That's, that's hard to beat. So that says something he, right there. He creeped me out in that movie. Yeah, he did. Yeah. He, I did not think that man could be that creepy. But, man, he pulled it off. Yep. All right. Well, Glad um, we have digital cameras. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, let's go ahead. And, uh, well, I was going to say, let's go ahead and give it a grade. Why don't you go ahead and give it a grade, and then we'll move on to uh, something else. Oh, uh, this movie is outstanding. Uh, you know, it's like the stone in this movie. It's very raw and uncut in the regards of how so many things are happening all at once. It's frantic. Like you will have multiple characters speaking loudly at the same time, trying to talk over each other. Uh, I recommend watching it with subtitles on. So like a family Thanksgiving. uh, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Take a family Thanksgiving, involve a gambling addiction on top of that. And, you know, Throw in some alcohol. The tempers that run, not even throwing in alcohol, just the tempers that run in a family Thanksgiving. And that's your your level of anxiety right there, right out of the gate. I need you to convince my dad to watch it because he's not interested. And I really want him to watch it with me. I think you guys should sit down and watch it. I really think that, you know, he would think. I think my parents, I I think my, both my parents would love it, and I, I've been, I, I didn't want to watch it without them because I kind of want to watch it with them, and um, I didn't know how to describe the movie because I, I hadn't watched it. But Dad's like, well, I'll watch a trailer, and I don't think the trailer does it justice. The trailer does not do this movie justice. Like I said, there's a lot going on. Uh, it's not an overly complicated plot, even though there is a lot going on, but like I said, most of everything that's going on is with the uh, amount of shambles that Howard Ratner's life has fallen into. And it's just like the chaos that surrounds him and everything he touches. Uh, Poor guy. All right. Well, um, uh, why don't we, did you give a grade? I didn't hear you give a grade. Yeah. I'll give it an A. An A. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I'll just go ahead and do a, a quick one on, uh, Mine, my the both of both of the ones I'm going to do, Betty, and then and then we'll finish off with uh, Utopia with you. Okay. Sound good. All right. Sounds great. Um, so I watched uh, the Lego Star Wars Christmas special, and the reason that I, or sorry, holiday special, the reason that I wanted to watch it was because I wanted to see if they were going to make reference to the original holiday special. Um, they kind of do, but not directly. So if you haven't had the pleasure of watching that fucking train wreck, um. Uh-huh. Watched it last year on Christmas Eve, if I'm not mistaken, with my I friend watch it. Dust. I watch it every year. I watch it every year because it's hilarious. It's it's honestly like one of the best B-movies ever, uh, give or, if you want to call it that. Um, 
But uh, one of my favorite things about it, Betty, is that the uh, the a majority of the fucking holiday special is all done in Wookiee growls and roars with no subtitles or context to what they're yelling about. <laughs> it's hilarious. Um, this was also done before the second Star Wars movie ever. This was literally done the year before that. So, like, technically, in context of what came out in order, it was Star Wars in 1979, this in 1980. No, I'm sorry, 1977, this was 78. And then 79 is when the second movie came out. 80. May of 80. 80. Oh, you're right, it was 80. 80. Yeah. So this was the second Star Wars thing ever, and I, I absolutely love it. Um. I had a friend recently show it to his kids for the first time. And I was like, how was it showing uh, like a Wookiee putting on a VR porn headset? Huh. <laughs> he was like, he was like, it was awkward. I was like, uh-huh. <laughs> um, and anybody who's watching knows what the fuck I'm talking about. Exactly what the fuck I'm talking about. But, uh, but yeah, I wanted to see if this Lego special was going to make reference to it. And they kind of do because um, it takes place after, Rise of Skywalker. Uh, Ray is training. By the way, it's all in Lego. It's all in Lego. But Ray is training Finn to become a Jedi, and um, she thinks she's a bad teacher. This is all done during, like, right before or during Life Day, which is a holiday that exists within Star Wars that is basically Christmas. And um, uh, she takes but, off. What's up? But it's actually about a week before Thanksgiving. Uh, traditionally, I think it's actually recognized as being November 17th. Wow. I didn't know that. That's yeah. Um, <laughs> According to the internet, that's what it says. That's probably when the original special aired. Um, probably. But uh, by the way, Betty, this, this special is so bad that George Lucas went out of his way to find every single copy that was out there and destroy them. Yeah, I've heard that. Uh, he was unsuccessful, obviously, but obviously, you can't keep something like that private. It just doesn't happen. No, even all those ETs, people knew they found <laughs> yeah. them. Yeah. Um. In 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 the whole movie, the uh, uh, Chewbacca's family does show up. They aren't prominent. They're just kind of in the background of the Millennium Falcon, but they do show up. So I thought that was funny. Okay. Um, here it uh, is on, on, on Star Wars fandom on Wikipedia. It is uh, November 17th, which was the day it was released, which was exactly one week before Thanksgiving. It was released so, on my dad's birthday. That's hilarious. It is essentially either the 17th or else it's the Thursday before Thanksgiving in America. So either one. I mean, if it is the 17th, that's great. That's fucking, um, that's fantastic. But um, that's, I didn't know that. Uh, anyway, the, the plot goes that, that Ray thinks she's a bad teacher. So she takes off to like a, a, a Jedi temple that she knows exists. And when she gets there, there's a crystal that when she waves it, it lets her travel through space and time. And what she does is she travels through other periods in, in Star Wars history where she's able to see, train, uh, see Jedi masters training Padawans. Um, so she goes to like, uh, Luke being trained by Obi-Wan and then she goes to, um, uh, Obi-Wan training 
sorry, not Obi-Wan, but uh, Qui-Gon training Obi-Wan from the first movie. Uh, or sorry, episode one, I should say. And then uh, she goes to two different periods when Obi-Wan is training Anakin. Um, and then she ends up going to uh, the Emperor or Palpatine in the second Death Star when he's talking to Vader. Um, this, like... Palpatine wants the crystal, so Vader chases Ray down. Chaos ensues where they just travel through every era of Star Wars. But it's all done through the gist of, of Lego and comedy. So one of my favorite moments was there they keep traveling through time and they're just taking characters left and right with them and ships and whatnot. So like young like Han says is, excellent adventure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh so there's a scene where young Han and old Han are like standing next to each other. <laughs> um, and, uh, but one of my favorite moments is they're falling through space time and they land in a moment with the Mandalorian and every single character stops and just looks at baby Yoda and goes, Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> so funny. Um, but uh, yeah, she resolves it with like Yoda showing up and saying like, being a Jedi master isn't about having all the knowledge from the books. It's about being a friend, blah, 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 blah. Uh, yeah. I love and, it when uh, you do that. <laughs> Cause it's a lot of dialogue that is just, it's just there for fun. But um, it like, if you have kids and they love star Wars, definitely check this out. Like it's dope. It's totally worth your time. Um, it's a great, level I have friends who love star Wars and Lego. So I'll let them know. <laughs> yeah, no, I do, like, please do. Like I enjoyed it. I, I'm not ever going to. They're watch not my again. kids. My kid has no interest in that. But you know, I will definitely <laughs> let my grown adult kids know that yeah, this is out, and you should probably watch it. There are some. There are some great <laughs> jokes in there about the characters' personalities. So, like Poe being a hothead, um, he decides that he wants to roast the um, "quote unquote" turkey. It wasn't. It was some other alien creature. But he wants to roast it on the fucking burners of the Millennium Falcon on the back of it. Is they it told him lady? no. That would be fucking hilarious. <laughs> they just make they make little jokes in regards to how the fans think of Star Wars, and it's really funny. But yeah, you uh, gotta love something that can laugh at itself. Yeah, that's what I really liked about this. But uh, but yeah. Um, it's a solid, it's a solid A plus, not an A plus, sorry, B plus for me. Uh, a couple reasons it's not an A is that it's, it's like 45 minutes. It's really fucking short. Um, I wanted it to be a little bit longer. Like I wanted them to kind of, kind of go a little bit, a little bit into the realm of what like robot chicken would do with star Wars, making fun of things that we all make fun of. Um, but they didn't. Um, and the major plot wasn't funny. Like it led to some funny moments, but it wasn't in itself funny, and it was way too heavy ended on a message. And I was like, okay, <laughs> cool. Um, but it it was what it, you know, it's fine. So that's that's why it gets a B plus because it's still really well animated, really well acted. Um, only a couple actors come back to reprise their roles. So like, uh, Kelly Marie Tran comes back and does Rose's voice, and um. Oh God. Uh the guy who plays the clones, I can't think of his name, but he comes back and voices Tim, clones. Tamula Morrison. Yeah. He comes back and I think he voices um Boba Fett and they have uh, De uh 
D. Bradley Baker do the clones like he did in the cartoons. Mm. Uh, so yeah, there's a couple things like that that are really cool, but um, uh, a little too after school special though. Yeah, whoever did whoever did the voice of uh, uh, Kylo Ren also kind of sucked. <laughs> like I think as an audition, he did a great job as Kylo Ren with a helmet on. But when he's just as Kylo Ren, it just sounds like like it doesn't sound like um, what's the actor's name? Adam Driver. It doesn't sound like Adam Driver at all. He is such an odd pick for that role. It just it cracks me up every time <laughs> he he makes fun of himself on SNL. I'm like, ah, oh my god, so hilarious. Matt, the radar technician sketch is so fucking funny. <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, but yeah, especially yeah. if you've ever watched an episode of Undercover Bosses. Oh, I love under. Yeah, that was yeah. that was one of the best ones, and yeah, we've seen that one like three times because every time I just crack up. Um. All right. Yeah. So moving on from there, uh, Animaniacs. Um, and I'll try to make this as uh, sweet and to the point as I can because it is just a cartoon series. I, I, you two are older than me. I don't know if you were at the right age to watch Animaniacs. I or... loved Animaniacs when I okay, was. Okay, good. I mean, it came out. I was in high school, but I still watched the shit out of it. I was in middle school and I did watch it. Um, I did like it. I also had a younger sister who was, you know, she was like two, I think, when it came out. So, you know, caught her attention as well. But I loved Wacko. He's always been my favorite and his little songs that he does. To this uh, day, I still think the best joke that they ever got away with was when they were being detectives and Yakko says, dot scan for prints or search for prints. And then a few minutes later, she's like, Oh, I found prints. He says, fingerprints. And she's like, I don't think so. And she's holding prints, the singer. Mm -hmm. And he yeah. says, fingerprints, meaning scan for fingerprints. And she's like, I don't think so. And I'm like, Oh my God, they got away with that. How awesome. They got away with a lot. Like they did. They, like there was a, there was a comment that I saw that was like all of the risque jokes that they did on that show. And uh, what's funny is the history of of them making that show was because um, they made they had already made Tiny Toons, and mm -hmm. the reason Tiny Toons got made in the first place was that at the time it was really popular to. Uh, kidify or babyify popular characters like we had muppet babies and we had um there was a show with like the 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 hammer Barbera characters being kids like i think it was scooby-doo kids or something like that but uh, there was the flintstone kids flintstone mm -hmm. kids yeah and um, let me just say i hated them all <laughs> i the only one i didn't dislike was uh muppet babies but i also might have been at the right age i don't fucking i did not like muppet babies either <laughs> I could um, watch some Fraggle Rock all day long, but Fraggle no Rock's Muppet fantastic. Babies. Yeah. Hands down. Uh, also don't think that Jim Henson had a lot to do with Muppet Babies, but I could be wrong. Anyway. No, he didn't directly. No, it was just he licensed it out so it could be made into a show. Right. Because even though Jim Henson was fantastic, he still, you know, was lived in a capitalist society. So, yeah. Anywho, um, they wanted to do it with Looney Tunes. But uh, Steven Spielberg came in and was like, nah, nah, we got to do something else. And th that's when, like, I don't remember the guy who was, I don't remember the, 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 the animator, but he came back with the, the like, the, the um, drawings for Buster, Babs, and, and, and uh, Plucky. 
And um, that's when they wanted to make Tiny Toons. But the problem was, is that the studio was like, we want to make this as quickly and as cheaply as possible. But Steven's like, nah, the animation's got to be film quality. It has to be, which is arguably why Tiny Toons was such a big hit. And um, when Tiny Toons was in its like first or second season. Tiny Toons or Animaniacs? I'm talking about Tiny Toons. When Tiny Toons was in its, when it was, when it was in its, uh, First and second season, you can see, yeah. Um, one of the animators talked to uh, uh, Steven Spielberg and they wanted to do something completely different, completely out of the norm. And um, he had made, when he was in college, he had made these animations with these ducks. So he came, he did a mock-up of, of three different ducks. And um, But Steven Spielberg said, there are too many duck cartoon characters. Yeah, totally agree with that. So he said, make them something else. <laughs> the best that he could come up with was like, whatever the fuck the Animaniacs are. And there were four of them. Um, and they they all had like wacky, uh, smacky, dopey, like not dopey, but like that, those kind of names. They had, it, there, was an e, there was a Y at the end of them. And uh, But Dot had always stayed the same. Dot never changed. <laughs> uh, the two middle ones merged into Wacko and then Yakko kind of was just there. Um, and uh, when he was trying to figure out the character, like trying to figure out what they were going to do, he was close to the water tower and he kind of looked out his window. He saw the water tower and it all came together in his head. Um, and uh, when he presented it to Steven that they were going to kind of mock popular culture and it was just going to be off the wall and whatever the fuck they wanted, like Steven was like a hundred percent into it. Um Thus, the Animaniacs were born, and they aired in 1993, and they ran for five seasons. They had one movie in 2000 uh, that went straight to VHS, uh, but they they went away after that for, you know, until now. Back in 2017, um, Hulu was trying to figure out what they could do to make cartoons for Hulu, and Animaniacs was brought up as a reboot. And when they brought in animators to do a rebooted version of Animaniacs. There was a bunch, a whole bunch of different styles that looked very different from what we knew. Sure, you know, Yakko still had his brown pants and uh, Wacko had his red hat and, and shirt and Dot looked somewhat similar, but like the, the lines on them were more broad or more sharp or whatever. And again, it was Steven Spielberg that came in and said, no, it has to be as close to the original as we can get it. Uh, it's funny how much Steven Spielberg has had an effect on the on the Animaniacs. Yeah. But, um, they then went back and they and they did they did what they could because Steven said to the animators like, "I want them to look as close as they can to the original, but I want them to look new. Like I want you guys to use new technology to make them." look a little bit better. And so when you, if you watch old episodes of Animaniacs and you watch this, you can see a difference, but yeah. here's the, here's the great part. If you haven't really watched Animaniacs since you were a kid or, or back in the nineties and you watch this, you're not going to notice a difference. You just, no. the bar. they look great. I've watched a few episodes. I haven't watched the whole season, but I did watch the first three or four episodes this weekend. The first three or four episodes are the best episodes of the season. Like, oh. It's it kind of gradually goes down in in like comedy. It's not bad. It never gets bad. It just like 
the fucking Trump jokes in the beginning of the first few episodes. Oh my god, are yes. easily some of the best jokes in the whole season. Uh, when uh, when the, I think the one that hit me the hardest is uh, when they were doing the Olympics Odyssey? against oh. the, uh, the Olympics against the one guy and Neil. yeah Neil uh, and they're like oh the high jump now legal in twelve states yeah <laughs> <laughs> talking about how marijuana has been legalized I was like oh my god. Uh, fucking hilarious i'm I'm gonna ruin a joke i'm gonna ruin a joke for the third episode i believe it's the third episode but it's um they do a whole parody on the odyssey yes and um uh uh diedrich baker he plays odysseus and i recognized mm-hmm. his voice immediately i was like oh yeah he. i love diedrich Bader. yeah um and uh the whole point of the episode is that the the animaniacs are the gods uh, of olympus and they're uh, putting Odysseus through his paces, but he's just constantly like overcoming them, and he thinks it's great. So, like when the monster in the sea, fucking tra- like the the sirens, by the way, which I don't, I still don't get the reference to the sirens. I don't know who they are. Was it just a generic boy band, or what? Like, what was that? Did you get it? I didn't. I still don't get what it was. They they're the three blonde guys that are singing a love ballad about eating Odysseus and his his crew. Um, so they get eaten. And then they send uh, Odysseus and his men to Hades. All his men die, except for uh, Odysseus, who treats it like a, like a ninja warrior situation. <laughs> um, and then they take Odysseus and they put him on an island with a Cyclops. The Cyclops is a direct parody of Trump. He's like bright fucking orange. Um, but he's like, he's doing this thing on the island where he's like, this is the best island. It's the biggest island. Everyone says my island's great. And everyone says I have two beautiful, two eyes, like beautiful blue eyes. It's shit like it's so. It was a direct fucking parody of Trump, and he goes, "But I'm going to use you." What's that? And he picks Odysseus up and he's rubbing him across his orange nipples. Oh my god! Yeah, he's like, he's like, I'm going to use you as my uh, as my loofah, and so he's rubbing him all over him, and and Odysseus starts screaming for help, saying he's sorry that he fucked with the the gods and whatever. So the gods come down and they send Odysseus back to. I don't remember the city where Odysseus came from. <laughs> Sends him back there, and uh, uh, Yako says, "Like, what are we going to do with him?" Points at the Cyclops, and like, can we flush him too? And Dot says, "No, we can't flush him because he's a demigod, or is it a demagogue?" Wink. And the episode ends. I was like, "That's the fucking brilliant <laughs> joke I've ever seen in my life." Yeah. Oh my god! And the other episode too with, uh, "Hey, everybody wants buns." <laughs> oh my god my favorite thing about animaniacs is their transparency so in in the song they have about catching up they're like our writers wrote this in 2018 like what do we know that, like how do we know what happened in the past two years um or the uh in in that specific joke that you know the, the episode you're talking about with the buns like at the end like dots like that's ah, enough for thinly veiled allegories for today yeah <laughs> Like I love that shit so much. That's I, that's what I always loved about Animaniacs and like Freakazoid. Um, Freakazoid being one of my favorite cartoons of all time is just the like. This is not meant to be taken seriously in any way, shape, or form. We're just having fun. We're doing silly shit. We are the Monty Python of cartoons, and I have always appreciated that. This did not fail in that regard. This. This is how you do a reboot. Um, in my opinion, you 
you make it new without losing the spirit. Yeah. And well, this- it sounds good. And I, again, I enjoyed Animaniacs. It came out in 93. So I was 13, 14. And again, I do remember watching it. I do remember laughing. Um, when YouTube came out, we actually looked up some of the old video clips from that because Jeff enjoyed it too. And he was an adult, like, you know, full grown man. And he thought Animaniacs was great. So something we had in common, but yeah, we're definitely going to check that out probably either tomorrow or this weekend. They uh, also brought back Pinky and the Brain. So it's I love Pinky and the Brain. Here's the great thing. episodes Animaniacs, the other half's Pinky and the Brain. Here's Here's the great thing about Pinky and the Brain. Uh, outside of like, and so by the way, all the characters that existed other than Pinky the Brain and Animaniacs are don't exist in this, except for one bit. But you'll get there. Um, they they don't have their own like cartoons. So um, I really enjoyed Mindy and Buttons. Like I still to this day will irritate my mom by going, "Why, why, why?" why? Okay, bye bye, lady, and I'll walk away. Like she's just like, "Would you fucking leave me alone?" Why? <laughs> I'm not answering the question. Why? Um. But uh, yeah, they don't exist. They don't. They they don't exist in this. It's just it's just Animaniacs a peek in the brain, and they even make a reference to it too. They make a joke about it. But um, and the, the new great- theme song, oh, love it. Yeah. Um, oh, what about that Jurassic Park reference? Oh, the opening, At the bit, very yeah. beginning. Oh That's my great. god, it was so good. So Pinky in the brain. So with, with Animaniacs. It's all new stuff. It's it's jokes about pop culture and yada yada. Pinky in the brain is exactly as you remember it. It does not change. It is, in my opinion, identical to what it was in the 90s. Like, Well, that's good, because they really didn't need to change it. <laughs> no. I mean, it is, like, other than, like, it being new animation and stuff like that, if you were to take the same stories and put it into the 90s, like, I don't think you'd know a difference. There's an episode of Pink the Brain where they're in the 1954. Hmm. Like it's just it just works so fucking well, and I'm really surprised that they did it. I genuinely am because I didn't think they were going to, and uh, it's just it's just so well done. It's just so well fucking done. So yeah, if you love Pinky the Brain, you're gonna love the bits of Pinky and the Brain, and they are in like I think there's two episodes that there aren't Pinky and the Brain episodes, but every other episode has a Pinky and the Brain bit. No, so um, so yeah. I'm gonna leave it there, guys. Go watch if you, if you if you grew up with it, if you watched it at any point in your life and you loved it, this is no different. You'll enjoy this, I promise you. It's an A plus for me. The song, well, you know, I'm gonna draw that back to an A because there's two songs I hate. Um, uh, I don't think you're at them yet, uh, but there's a whole song about cute things, and I just it's just not good. <laughs> um, and then there's another song about a zit. <laughs> it's it's well constructed i'll give them that but it's like this was eh. <laughs> so uh other than that yeah it's 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 fantastic and i i really do recommend it so you yeah, go check it out on hulu awesome how many episodes are there 13 Thir- yep 13 25 minute episodes oh the theme song the the title theme song by the way is different um like a few it's, of the different, a few of the differences is like uh, instead of um, uh, dot is cute, it's uh, dot has wit. Yeah. Um, 
a lot of the stuff where they're talking about other characters, they've changed that to be more about um, like they changed it to be like our test audiences approve this or some shit like that. Um, and then there's one line that they've changed completely. And it's like, it's like um, uh, pronoun, pronoun, uh, gender neutral pronouns. It's, it's something that in that regard. And they're like an ethnic, eth ethnically diverse, which I like because it's both a joke and not a joke. Like, okay. They want to be include. They want to be inclusive to everybody. Uh, but also kind of pointing out that it is a major part of our culture now. <laughs> and I'm just like, well done guys. Well done. Perfect. Appreciate that. So, but yeah, Betty, you haven't watched any of it and I highly recommend you do. How there's, will they doing? Two songs in the first episode too. Arguably my favorite, my favorite songs in the whole show. Awesome. So yeah, I give that a solid A. All right, now Betty's going to talk about Utopia. Okay, uh, Utopia is on Amazon Prime, and there are two different ones. Uh, the BBC version has two seasons, and it was filmed in 2013 and 14. And the one that I'll be talking about today is the one filmed in 2020 and labeled as an Amazon original. Um, it does have a pretty good cast. Uh, you've got people like John Cusack and Rain Wilson and um, some other guy's name I can't even remember. But overall, it's got a very good cast. It's very, you know, some people that, you know, were playing roles that you weren't really expecting them to play, but they did a good job at it. Um, it starts off with uh, this couple moves into a home that was obviously a hoarder's house and they're up in the attic and they find this comic book and it's called Utopia. And the dude, he obviously understands that, you know, old comic books can be worth a lot of money. So they look into it and they set up a, a local comic con to have people come in and look at it and make bids on it. And this is where we get to the people who are going to be main to the story. Um, there's five friends who are just online friends and they find out that Utopia is going to be at this comic con. So they all decide to get together and they all individually go in, make a bid and look at it. All of them, except for one, he hasn't shown up yet. So they find out eventually that uh, Utopia sold for a shit ton of money. They go back to um, one of the other characters house just to like hang out. And they're still wondering where this other dude is, and his name is Grant. And Utopia, this comic book, is not just a comic book. It actually has a lot of predictions about pandemics that have wreaked havoc on the world and that will wreak havoc on the world. And these five people know this. And that's why they want to get their hands on it. And that's why a few other people want to get their hands on it. So all of this in the comic book is being directed by a character called Mr. White Rabbit. And there is a little girl in the comic book called Jessica Hyde, who is trying to get away from Mr. White Rabbit and save the world. So meet Dr. Christie 
who's played by John Cusack. He is a family man. He runs a giant pharmaceutical company, and all he wants to do is make the world a better place. Um, and his company has actually invented a plant-based meat substitute that they've been shipping to schools in large urban areas across the United States. Um, <clears throat> counter to him is the character played by Rain. Um, he's a basement virologist in a college. Basically, he just sits in this little tiny utility closet doing nothing. His claim to fame is he discovered a virus in Peru that really doesn't do anything. And he hears about these kids being sick and he puts in a request for a sample of their blood. And guess what? Turns out it's his virus. And they've actually done some vaccination testing in Peru for this virus. So you have these five friends. They know what's going on here. You've got Dr. Christie and you've got Dr. Mike, we'll call him. And these five friends end up being in a much bigger story just trying to find this book. They didn't get it, but Grant did. And it turns out that Grant is not an adult. He's actually a foster kid. So he ends up sneaking into the room of the guy who actually bought it for like $20,000, sneaking out with the book. And that comes into play later on. And we pick up extra characters and we lose a few because the girl who's in the book, Jessica Hyde, is an actual person and she shows up. And she's got some fucking issues on top of issues. Uh, she does end up discovering her own humanity and ways throughout the story, but when you first meet her, she's willing to take out anybody and everybody just to get what she wants. And I don't think she even knows what she wants. So, um, I would say it's definitely an A plus. I can't really say more about it other than what I've said. Uh, it is very steeped in conspiracy theories. I mean, it, it wouldn't work in real life because people want a vaccine for this virus that's killing kids, you know, um, that's been basically engineered to kill these kids so they can pump out a vaccine that they can sterilize the world with. And I'm like, well, yeah, they've never met anti-vaxxers, anti you know, because <laughs> when was the last time you saw people standing around chanting for a vaccine? But right. um, uh, it it does have a lot of conspiracy theory tropes throughout the whole movie. And it really would just be, you know, a conspiracy theorist wet dream because, you know, in, in this world, you know, it, you basically, there is a deep state. There is an underground movement. You should be scared of vaccines. And yes, there is a man behind the curtain pulling all the strings and pushing all the buttons, you know? So it, and it's got a dark sense of humor that very much falls in line with the boys, which is also Amazon Prime original. Um, it's half the time you're just sitting there with your mouth open going, I can't believe that happened. And the other half you're going, you know, you're just laughing your ass off because you can't believe that happened. So I would definitely give it an A plus. How many episodes is it? 
Uh, there are eight episodes, and it's got one season, but they're already lined up for a second season. Um, it is not the same as the BBC one. I mean, the, it is the same story, but they tell it in different ways. So I wouldn't gotcha. recommend watching the BBC one until you've already watched the American version first, because it might confuse you. Gotcha. Well, sounds interesting. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. I'll check it out. I just haven't had the time to check out a lot of things lately. Same. That's but honestly same. Like, <laughs> I've I've heard other people say that this is a really interesting and good, and well done show. So, I'd oh, it is. It if they could actually make Utopia into a comic book and sell it, it would be amazing because it's beautifully done. I, and some of the things that happened, you know, again, it's very gritty and it's very dark in a lot of areas, but you, you'll find yourself laughing at the same time for finding yourself in these situations. Like, you know, you can't believe that just happened. And you have a lot of empathy with the characters that are involved. It's like, you know, uh, one of the characters they do end up bringing into it is a little girl named Alice. And her and Jessica get into it and Jessica ends up dragging her by her braid. And her reaction is after being handcuffed to a bed is she tells uh, Grant, her little boy friend, to get a pair of scissors and cut her braid off because that bitch is never going to have her by the braid again. You know, and it's like, oh, awesome. I love it. I mean, because it's you don't really there's humanity to these characters. They're not good people. They're not bad people. They're people, you know. You're not rooting for one specific person because they're the good guy. You know, everybody in this is very, very human and deals with very human emotions. Yeah. Well, I definitely want to check it out. It's 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 going on the list. I don't know when, but I'll try. It's Again, easy to get through. You'll you'll find yourself five episodes in before you know it. You know, because you're just like, what? What is going on here? You know? it, it's 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 less of that and more like I, I like to commit myself to one thing at a time. Oh yeah. And due to the fact that like I'm not doing that currently, it's hard to add something else to that. So Yeah, see, it's like I got time. Because <laughs> all non-essential businesses are shut down in Virginia. My kid homeschools online now. She's a teenager. You know, I basically just have to say, this is what you need to do. And she goes in and goes and does all her online classes. So I got nothing but time. I've been watching shit left and right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got more time than I do. Yeah. I, I could I could make time if I stopped playing the games I'm playing and watching the animes I'm watching. But yeah, I see. I stopped playing Skyrim because I know myself too well. If I start back again, I will get sucked into it, and I won't stop. And everything else will just kind of fall to the wayside. So it's like, no, Betty, no, you can't do this. <laughs> <laughs> Mine is a lot of like, I, I, I don't know if you want to call it FOMO, but I'm like, I got to play these new games. I have to. So that's my problem. That's where I lie in the problem area. Well, um, holy shit, everybody. There's a lot of content that you could be watching. Mm -hmm. uh, realistically, it was it was an episode, a movie, a special, and then 
two whole shows. <laughs> yeah, we've given you all these things that you can watch during this, you know, Thanksgiving weekend outside of the shitty holiday Christmas movies, you know. Absolutely. 100%. This is definitely a list of things you would rather watch than another Netflix Christmas movie, okay? Trust us. Yeah, don't go watch Jingle Jangle or whatever fucking Christmas movie <laughs> that um what's his name is doing. What the hell is his name? He's playing Santa. Why can't I think of his Kurt name? Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell. Thank you. Oh Jesus. no. That first one is bad, and I can't imagine the new one being any better. So. Oh no. Um, it's funny because we're talking about like not having time to watch things yet. I was sitting there like like legit debating if I should watch this terrible fucking movie with an animated clone Trump. But I don't think I'm going to. <laughs> Hey, I, I watched Train to Busan with my kid the other day. That was mother-daughter bonding time. I heard that's pretty good. I've not seen Train. I've watched it before. I watched it before everybody had all the hype about it because that's my jam is Korean horror flicks. So, uh, yeah, getting her to watch something with me is like pulling teeth. So she actually sits down and watches it. I'm amazed. I have a, um, I have a very strong distaste towards like a certain opinion, and that's that if something has too much hype, it people like somebody loses interest in it. Oh um, no, it's still good. I, I haven't seen Peninsula yet and I'm going to soon. Cause you know, again, I just, I, there's been Korean horror flicks that have come up on Netflix now. It's like, Oh yeah, I know that one, you know, because yeah. it's just something I've been into for so long. I don't rub it in people's faces. It's just one no, of no, my no, no, weird no, no. little interests, you know? No, you were you were just signifying that you saw it before everyone else kind of like the hype build up for it. Yeah, I, I when it finally everybody was like, oh, have you seen Train to Busan? I'm like, yeah, I've been trying to tell you people this for like four <laughs> fucking years. You know? <laughs> yeah, my, my distaste comes from people that are like, Oh, I'm not gonna watch that very popular thing because it's very popular. And I'm just like, what? Why? Like, what the fuck? Like, oh, because it won't live up to the hype. The fuck does that mean? That means you're judging it on your own accord, but you still checked it out. If you don't like it, you don't like it. Like, <laughs> I don't understand this this concept. What? Yeah, so. I mean, I'll balk at some things for a little while, but I always, you know, end up eventually watching them unless I actually just don't like something. If I don't like it, I'm just not gonna watch it. But I always. You know, Check that's, out new popular shit. Always check that's out. Why, that's why it took me so long to check out Game of Thrones. I mean, I literally did not start watching it until two weeks before the season, the series finale aired. Yeah, it took my friend Deke a while too, but I read the books. I started the first book when I was pregnant with Lydia and then tore through them. I thought when I first got it, my friend gave it to me. I was like, oh, this is going to suck. Look at this title. Oh. But no, it turned out to be really good, and I was bawling my eyes out, and I tore through the rest of the books, and then they were like, yeah, we're making a series, and I was like, hot damn. But it didn't live up to my expectations, so I was kind of yeah. sad about that. What a, what adaptation really does for being No, honest. it never does. It, you know, The book is always better. It always will be, because it's what you want it to be. You are setting the scene. You are doing the character direction in your head, you know? That's true, but also I will point out that that is a very debatable uh, subject because I'll say nine times out of ten, yeah, adaptations better. But there are some instances where I'm like, I'm really happy that in in Ready Player One they didn't add the haptic suit that that fucking jacks off Wade in the book. I'm glad they didn't do that, or I'm glad they don't have the child sewer sex scene in it. <laughs> so <laughs> there's little things like that. Yeah, you know. 
<laughs> uh, but yeah, guys, I think that's going to do it for us today. Um, God, that's a lot of content that we just threw out to you guys. Um, I really, really like doing these, uh, these style of episodes where we all review something different. Um, I think over the years, things get a little bit tough for each of us. And, um, like, especially with these, these strange times that we live in now, like mental health is a big issue. You're strange times. Thank you. I appreciate it. I don't know if it was an insult or a compliment, but I'll take it. It was. Um, <laughs> but because of these strange times, uh, a, a lot of the, a lot of something, a lot of times we'll we'll go to talk about what we're all going to review, and I'm just not interested, and I have to push myself to watch a thing. For example, we were recently going to do um, uh, Hatchet, ha- Ratchet, sorry, Ratchet. That's what it was, Ratchet. Um, I was, I was struggling to get through it and I wasn't that interested to begin with, but yeah, it was like something that all of us were like, Oh, we're all going to watch it and review it. If you got, if if still not watch the first episode, it ain't, it ain't worth it. It's again, I could do a whole review on like the fucking guys that made it. And I'm just rather watch cuckoo's nest again. Yeah. There There you go. But yeah, if, if you guys like us reviewing things like this where we all bring something different to the table, uh, let us know. Um, I think next week we don't really have anything planned. Um, we'll figure it out. Stay tuned to our social medias and we'll let you know if we got anything going on. Um, and you can find all those below the the video or the uh, if we're still uploading to YouTube. Well, it, it's not uploading to YouTube automatically and I haven't done it manually. Gotcha. Um, um, there is a problem between Podbean, the distribution, and the way it uploads to YouTube. It's not working automatically right now. And they said they're working on resolving that issue because I noticed there hasn't been one uploaded for a while. And I was like, well, damn it. Gotcha. So I'll have to do that manually, and I've just not had time. Okay. Um, well, when when uh, below the, uh, the, the link to the podcast itself, all the links are in there and whatnot, and uh, uh, stay tuned to those. Follow us on those because that's what if, if we decide to watch something in between episodes, like that's what how you'll know. Yeah, we'll um, post. Yeah, but as of right now, it's just Mandalorian season or uh, sorry, episode five, season two. So that's all we got on the docket. Um, but uh, but yeah, um, again, follow the new Twitch channel, which is um, all underscore queued underscore up on Twitch. Uh, that's where we're going to be doing Jackbox. We didn't do one this last Saturday, but I got nothing going on this upcoming Saturday unless you two have something going on. We're in a pandemic, mm-hmm. dude. No. <laughs> I, I, no, I hardly agree. Like, we're going into another lockdown here in California, so. um, Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure I'm free. Yeah, unless somebody dies unexpectedly, I'm free, so. <laughs> and even yeah. if they do, I'm not going to the funeral. Yeah, you know. I mean, no offense. I don't do funerals under normal circumstances. I'm definitely not going to go to one during a pandemic. If I die, I want y'all to hold a party. That's what I want you to do. I want you to have a big old party. You want an Irish wake. There you go. That's what I want. And then I'm going to be planted as a tree. Throw my ass into the fucking furnace. Spread my ashes over fucking something. I don't care. Just celebrate my life. That's all. Avocado toast. There you go. (laughs) <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, I'm, yeah. I'm with Betty. Cremate me, put me in a seed pod, plant me as a tree. 
There you yep. go. There you go. There you go. That that works out for me. Come back in ten years, hang a plaque on it. Said, "Told you, fuckers, I was sick." <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's that's it. Uh, that's it, and that's all. Um, Maya, where can folks find you? Uh, you can find me on Facebook under my regular name. Uh, yeah, that's my new name, not my old name. Ha. Um, still need to go and get it legally changed. Uh, just been so busy, I haven't made the time to do that. Um, but yeah, if you want to follow me on Twitter and Instagram, they are linked publicly to that uh, public page that you can follow. So you can just click on the links there if you want to do that. Because I don't feel like throwing out nine different things. Um, however, uh, you can catch me on other shows aside from this podcast that we do every Friday. And you can catch me on those two shows on the Realm of Collectors YouTube channel. One is every other Wednesday night at 9.30 p.m. Eastern on a show called Figure Bangin'. Uh, and the other is every Friday night around 9 p.m. Eastern on MPSP Theater. And those are the places you can find me. Betty, what about you? Oh, who said I want to be found? No. Um, Jesus, you can find Jesus. <laughs> Betty Badger Ogletree on Facebook and Bright Betty on Twitter. I'm usually around there somewhere. All right. Uh, you can find me on all socials under Chub Rock Geek. I'm very, very, very active on uh, uh, Twitter and just about nowhere else because I don't care enough. <laughs> Um, I was going to make a fat joke that, yep, you're not going to catch him on a treadmill either, but <laughs> I'm not going to. You also got to clear your throat first. Um, I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, guys, thank you for listening. I so don't much. know what happened there. Sorry. <laughs> you're not going to find him on a treadmill either. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. <laughs> Don't find my ass on one either. So <laughs> me Maya, neither. Maya, I got one Maya. leg. Podcasts. <laughs> podcast is canceled. No, it's not. Fuck you. Um, <laughs> guys, thank you so much for listening. Make sure you check out Mandalorian episode five, um, and join us next week. We'll see you then. Peace, love, and lollipops. Take care, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>